The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time with your hosts, KD Marley. You know, it's a common thought that we can never balance our time and our money. We run out of money when there are still so many days on the calendar. What are some of the ideas and tools that will help us more efficiently manage these two resources? On today's program, you'll learn how being mighty is the result of transforming one's life. One insight, one choice, one action at a time. Now, here is K.D. Marley, which is K-Mar and D. Lee. Welcome to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. My name is Dee Lee, and I'm here with my co-host, Kay Marr. Together, we welcome you to our show. Thank you, Dee. If you haven't already done so, visit our website, BeMighty.com, that's B-M-Y-T-E.com, to download the free self-assessment tool to see where you are in being mighty. Today, we're very excited to bring you an expert on mental health, Dr. Rick Wyckoff. Dr. Wyckoff is a licensed clinical psychologist practicing in the Seattle area. He specializes in behavioral medicine, pain management, anti-aging, and stress management, and actually founded the Alliance for Nutrition and Mental Health, an organization for mental health practitioners who are interested in incorporating nutrition science into their practice. Today, Dr. Wyckoff is going to talk with us about being balanced mentally and improving our ability to focus. Dr. Wyckoff, welcome to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. It's great to be here. What is it that you do as a psychologist that helps your patients become healthier mentally? Uh, Well, Dee, that's an interesting question because there are hundreds of techniques and therapies that have been developed over the years, and uh, most therapists have a a preferred uh, methodology. But the research is interesting. It shows that uh, the variable that is most linked to successful outcomes in therapy is not the type of therapy that you do, but the relationship you have with your patient. So I would say that the best answer to that question is that I, I strive to develop a therapeutic alliance and a strong relationship with my patient And then we work out together uh, what techniques or methods might be most effective for them. And sometimes there's some trial and error, but there are a lot of tools in our toolbox. So, what are the benefits of working with a psychologist? In other words, does someone need to have a mental health issue in order to work with you? Uh, Kay, I like to say that you don't have to be sick to get better. Uh, The truth is that insurance companies require 
that a person have a condition that is medically uh, requiring treatment in order for them to pay. And so it becomes a financial issue for people who do not have mental illness who want to develop their brains and their behavior and their lifestyle. Uh, often they can pay out of pocket, much like uh, they would if I were a coach. And then people who have anxiety and depression and other bona fide uh, conditions that will allow for their insurance to reimburse, then we uh, will treat them through their insurance reimbursement system. Hmm, interesting. What does it really mean to be out of balance mentally? Well, you know, that's an old phrase that's kind of a pejorative uh you know, the, the person is mentally unbalanced. Uh, but what is interesting is that uh, the uh, newer brain science is actually finding that there are some interesting asymmetries in the brain. So, you know, if you think of your right brain and your left brain, there are specific uh, lateral asymmetries that produce specific disorders. And so those old uh, colloquial phrases like being uh, mentally unbalanced, turns out there, there, there may be some truth to that. Well, it's interesting too. I've heard of, uh, and maybe this is kind of a new concept, but there are actually, actually people out there like personal trainers that are more like a brain trainer. Uh, there's a huge explosion of brain science and neuroscience today, and that information is available to all of us, and for the most part, people are using that science uh, in ethical and effective ways, and so I'm always happy to see or to meet uh, people who are incorporating brain science into their practice, whether it is uh, a personal trainer, a coach, or a mental health therapist. So, with the whole concept of being in balance mentally or being out of balance mentally, given what you're saying now with the brain science, would it be fair to say that if a person is healthy mentally, then they're going to be more in balance than if they weren't, that there's a connection between the two. Yeah, and some very specific ways. There are some interesting things. For example, the part of your brain right behind your forehead is called your frontal lobe. And uh, we know that the brain is divided into the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. Now, the, the right frontal lobe appears to look at the world in terms of uh, searching for saber-toothed tigers. It's looking for risks, it's looking for obstacles, it's looking for dangers, and it produces motivation of avoidance. The left frontal lobe looks at the world in terms of opportunities and possibilities, and it produces a motivation of approach. And so, when the two lobes are equally metabolically active, uh, we see the saber-toothed tiger, the right 
uh, frontal lobe tells us how dangerous it is, but the left frontal lobe says, I'd like to wear that fur coat next winter to be warm. (laughs) And so the two together figure out how to approach the saber-toothed tiger and uh, avoid the dangers And that's a coordination, a rapid coordination of right and left frontal lobe activity. And we can actually see these activities in um, scanning imagery called PET scans, positron emission tomography. And we can see the brain lighting up uh, and uh, the interesting... balance or collaboration, as it were, between the two sides of the brain. There are lots of other uh, lateral asymmetry issues that are very interesting as well. Well, and it would be almost like you could walk up to the the tiger and say, can I borrow your coat? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think your right brain would let you. But but if uh, if your metabolism is out of balance, you may be a person who does uh, go to the casino and bet their house on black uh, or, you know, extremely impulsive uh, behaviors without any anchoring from the right lobe. Or if the left frontal lobe is under metabolizing, you may see the... uh, behavior of social avoidance and withdrawal and uh, fear and anxiety uh, taking over a person's life. Hmm. What is exactly mental focus? There's a lot of uh, discussion about people being distracted. Is it kind of an absence of distraction or something else exactly? Well, it's it's pretty amazing. There's a, a section of the brain called the cingulate gyrus, which is uh, kind of directly back from the middle of your forehead and directly down from uh, kind of uh, slightly before the crown of your head. And the cingulate gyrus does an amazing thing. It takes the millions of signals that are barraging our brain in every second and it amplifies one of them and dials down the others. So it's essentially a differential amplifier. Hmm. Uh, And when it's working well, a person is able to select uh, a focus and concentrate on that focus for reasonable periods of time. Uh, Some people have problems with being hyper-focused in that they cannot get out of the focus. And other people are, of course, under-focused and they are distracted by every shiny little object that comes along. And we generally call that uh, attention deficit disorder. But I don't like thinking of it as a disorder. I think there's a problem uh, in our society today of turning every life experience into a medical disorder. Um, It just is a person who is easily uh, focused on many things, one after another, and uh, it is true that they have difficulty staying focused on one thing if they're not interested in it. 
But uh, the more interested they are, the longer they're able to uh, differentially amplify and focus on something. So in business, uh, we have to focus on many things. We have to focus on our branding. We have to focus on our uh, marketing strategies. We have to focus on customer relations. We have to focus on a whole lot of things. And so it becomes important to be able to choose our focus. And that's where a very healthy cingulate gyrus is a strong uh, asset to the entrepreneur. So you've kind of already answered the, the question about the brain science involved with, with focus. Um, so I've read things about the plasticity of the brain and that we can continue learning new things. Would it be fair to say that we can strengthen this portion of a brain, that we can, if we practice this, we can get better at it? Yeah, the brain is an amazing organ. Think of it as an organ of stimulation. As a matter of fact, when we're born, our brains are much more densely packed with neurons than they are as adults because the neurons that weren't stimulated through our early development essentially die away and make room for the stimulated neurons to increase the complexity of their connections. And so, the phenomena of neurogenesis, and that's where new brain cells are birthed in the brain, and they travel to areas of um, the brain where there is stimulation, and they kind of take up housekeeping in that area, and they increase the complexity of the neural network there. And that allows for the brain to become uh, much more efficient at particular tasks. We call that learning. And when we learn something new, the brain increases in density in particular areas. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Housekeeping helps. <laughs> yeah, housekeeping helps a great deal uh, when we're talking about the care and feeding of the human brain. Yeah, and the clarity and organization and a lot of the be mighty approach that we're taking, I can see that very helpful because it's actually making it clear. Are there certain general medical conditions that interfere with focus? Uh, there are, of course. There are. Uh, infections called encephalitis, uh, various forms, and there are uh, metabolic disorders, and there are a number of obviously brain tumors and brain cancer. Um, but generally speaking, the healthy brain is able to repair itself pretty effectively if we give it the proper uh, nutrition and the proper blood flow and the proper exercise and stimulation. So, um, are there specific neurological conditions that can interfere with this or psychological factors that can affect our ability to focus? 
You know, it's interesting because when we talk about psychology and brain science, uh, the history of psychology has been um, not well grounded in neuroanatomy and neurophysiology and brain metabolism. And so we developed a whole lot of concepts. The concept of mind, for example, uh, as opposed to brain. What is that? And there are a lot of philosophies and psychological theories that go beyond our current knowledge of brain science. Uh, But uh, obviously there are uh, neurological insults to the brain. Um, Interesting studies where... uh, Uh, a a person would have a bullet in their brain and they would change their behavior and personality or uh, in the development of brain degenerative diseases like dementias where our personality changes and our mind changes. So the the real question is what is mind? There seems to be uh, the capacity of uh, human beings to observe the process of our own mind. We call that mindfulness. Hmm. And by connecting with that observer self, some wonderful things can happen. And uh, so practicing mindfulness, stimulating the brain, nourishing the brain with proper nutrition, uh, all of those are, uh, and proper exercise, all of those are important factors in growing a healthier and healthier brain as we age. Wow. There, there's so much here. It's, I'm not even sure where to go with that. Um, I do remember reading one thing, that that ability to look at our own mind is one of the things that distinguishes human beings from the rest of the animal kingdom. Well, since I've no memory of ever being a cat I don't uh, (laughs) I can't really uh, comment I think I think in the history of science we've always wanted to find something that um, elevates us above the other animals Uh, but if I look at how my cat outsmarts me uh, repeatedly when I try to catch her in the backyard I think she has a pretty good sense of self so I, I can't really comment on that. Uh, that that's a much more philosophic and, in some ways, almost moving into a theologic discussion of the uh, whether or not human beings are in some way uh, special in the animal kingdoms. That makes sense. Well. It is time for a commercial break right now. When we come back, we'll continue to talk with Dr. Wyckoff about focusing and what it means to be able to focus. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanki. 
The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanke can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. In previous shows, we've talked about putting the F words with our hands, that the thumb was freedom, um, four fingers focus, middle fingers feeling, and ring finger is uh, flow, and then the little finger is the fun, and the whole hand is the freedom. So where we are still in talking about this focus, we're still actually in the foundation part with our thumb. Um, being able to focus effectively is part of being able to create a balanced foundation for ourselves. Um, when we broke for commercial, we were talking about our ability to focus. And one of the things that you had mentioned earlier, Dr. Wyckoff, was about stimulating the brain. Can you explain what this is? Well, stimulating the brain is doing something that uh, may be difficult until you can do it well. Uh, An example would be if uh, we looked at how the brain reacts when a a, uh, child picks up a cello and starts to uh, try to play. Uh, You would see metabolic activity in a variety of areas in the brain, motor sensory areas, visual cortex, other areas of the brain. So you'd see all these flashes going around. But once that child uh, became a virtuoso and an expert at playing the cello, you would see an extremely high level of metabolic activity in those specific areas. And in fact, those areas become bigger. And the way they become bigger is the neural network becomes more complex and more dense. 
Uh, one interesting story is about London cab drivers who are required to memorize the map of London in order to get a, a taxi license. And London cab drivers have extremely larger areas of visual spatial recognition than the average person. And they don't start out that way. Uh, they develop it by studying and studying and studying and studying. And so each of us has some well-developed parts of our brain and some areas that are essentially a little bit understimulated. And if we can identify what we need to uh, develop, then we can uh, create a practice or rehearsal or self-education program to stimulate that part of the brain. And over time, that part of the brain will become denser more efficient, more effective, and metabolically more active. So as you're going along in the exercise mode, what would you suggest for a common person or a small business owner that knows they have to focus, they have it on their to-do list to focus, but they don't because they've got too many priorities. So what would you do, what would you can actually uh, suggest for them to improve their ability to focus? Well, of course, uh, psychiatry would uh, suggest a psychostimulant like Adderall or something that would create a general stimulation of brain activity. And that can help, but we don't know its long-term consequences. And it isn't very focused itself. It stimulates the entire brain, not just the cingulate gyrus we talked about earlier. Hmm. Uh, if a person is serious about developing their ability to focus, then simply doing their very, very best of being mindful of whether or not they are focused is an extremely important skill that will grow their focus ability. So, any meditation uh, helps with that over time. Uh, there are candle meditations that you light a candle in a darkened room and look at it and then close your eyes and hold the image in your mind as long as you can. Uh, but what's interesting when people try to uh, meditate, uh, no matter what the technique of meditation they're using, uh, what happens is they're distracted. And so if you... <laughs> If you simply allow yourself to be aware of the distraction and without judgment or criticism or self-punishment, uh, uh, you simply bring yourself back to the exercise. Uh, it can be very useful. So there's a technique called open focus meditation where you can get a CD with uh, people uh, saying questions like, can you imagine the distance between your eyes? And then there's a pause, and then they ask another question like maybe, can you imagine the space between your ears? And the timing of it is such that if you're distracted, uh, the next question comes along and, and brings you back into focus, until you can uh, learn to stay focused on the sensations associated with the questions 
for uh, the amount of time required. Now, what we have seen in laboratory studies is that that technique uh, helps the brain balance its metabolic activity uh, on the right brain and the left brain, as well as helping to stimulate the cingulate gyrus to um, amplify the one signal and dial down the distractions. I've heard also that if someone wants to actually practice this on a daily basis, that they actually take their their time slots just like a calendar and say, okay, I'm going to spend 10 minutes on this event or this activity, given that nothing gets interrupting them, like a telephone call, email, on and on. Um, if someone has a timer and starts practicing saying, okay, so they get a sense of, okay, I'm going to spend 10 minutes, so their mind is focused on this 10-minute focus, is that a, a good way to go or is that also a, just a distraction? D, the bottom line is that we're so busy that if we don't use a uh, date planner of some type, a, a, cal- a calendaring scheduling system of some type, uh, we will find it extremely difficult to break out of our habits. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is the frontal lobes, we talked about the frontal lobes in terms of motivation, but the frontal lobes also are involved what we call executive function, and that's planning, organizing, sequencing, prioritizing, and those kinds of skills. Now, if you think of it, the, all of the executive functions are the skills we need in business. So, if the frontal lobes are not uh, well-developed enough or metabolically active enough that we can keep ourselves on track on our commitments, then we really need to, uh, we really need to use tools like day timers. The second point is that when we schedule, if we build the habit of scheduling our, at night, the following day and we think about our priorities and estimate the time and put it into our book, uh, that stimulates the frontal lobes and the executive functions get better and better over time. Okay, so are there specific types of activity, exercises, or nutrients that improve our ability to focus or is it more a matter of as we get healthier physically that also correspondingly helps our ability to focus? Well, our our general health is extremely important to uh, brain health as well. But there are some interesting nutrients that uh, the brain needs that uh, we may not be uh, adequately providing. Of course, uh, blood flow in the brain is extremely important. And the best way to improve the uh, blood flow in your brain is to do physical exercise. And that's why um, some of the sharpest executives put in uh, an exercise routine every morning because their brain is um, going to function better because of the increased uh, vascularity of the brain, the increased blood flow. Uh, Nutrition, we need a lot of proteins. 
And unfortunately, in America, we eat a lot of carbohydrates. And carbohydrates, uh, you can think of as brain-numbing. Even though the brain loves to burn glucose, the effects of high levels of carbohydrates over time uh, really does some significant damage to the brain in the form of oxidative stress and in the form of inflammation. Hmm. So, uh, uh, a healthy uh, protein-based diet with lots of complex vegetables and limiting uh, limiting our starchy vegetables, breads, pastas, etc., uh, is a pretty good brain diet. And then, of course, there's the old brain food that our grandmothers told us about, and that was fish. And, of course, cold water deep sea fish are, have a fat in it uh, called omega-3 fatty acids that the brain uses in great quantities. Uh, and we need much more of that than the average American gets in our diet today to have an optimal brain health. And uh, we could go on and on. There are a number of other nutrients, but uh, basically uh, a, a good, healthy, uh, what we would call anti-inflammatory diet. And anyone can look up on the web uh, the words anti-inflammatory diet, and you'll see what flu- foods are inflammatory and what foods are anti-inflammatory and what foods are kind of neutral. And then you can uh, build your diet uh, based upon that. And that's a wonderful first step. So what, back into psychology terms, I guess, what's the role of a healthy ego in being able to focus well or are the two not related at all? Well, you know, ego... uh, in Freudian terms, is different than I think of it today. And, um, you know, we have, we have a self-concept, and uh, each of us needs to become aware of uh, what we believe to be true about ourselves, because our beliefs are very powerful motivators. Um, if I'm a salesman and I believe that I'm going to be rejected then I'm not going to pick up that phone and dial as many dials as I need to be successful because my belief that I will be rejected is uh, going to stop me. On the other hand, if I'm, uh, if I'm highly motivated by achievement, then if I believe that I'm selling something that is hard to sell, uh, I may dial a lot of calls because... I, my psychological motivational system is to is to overcome the obstacles and achieve independent of the obstacles. So, understanding whether you're a need for achievement a motivated person or a fear of failure motivated person can help you to develop a strategy to be successful even if uh, it's a little bit difficult at first. Hmm. Can we actually anchor a physical spot in our body to instantly create mental focus? For example, I knew one person who, when she realized she was distracted, 
she would actually tap the front of her forehead. She said that the tap on the forehead was a cue to herself to focus. Well, that's interesting, uh, Dee. Uh, That concept of anchoring comes, uh, you know, if we look historically, it's uh, discussed a lot in clinical hypnosis and then more recently in a field called neurolinguistic reprogramming. And all anchoring really is, is paired association. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's still and, just a reminder. Well, it, it's more than a reminder. When we, have an, uh, when we have an association of a stimulus to a brain activity, then uh, that stimulus can trigger the brain activity. And so uh, if every time I did my focus exercises... I um, touched my thumb to my fourth finger uh, at the peak of my focus. Uh, Later on, when I touch my thumb to my fourth finger, and that's just an arbitrary example, tapping your forehead is, you know, pulling on your earlobe or whatever you, uh, whatever the stimulus, whatever the associative stimulus is, will actually activate the focus centers of the brain because the brain does work on associative learning. Um, I I think that it's a little bit sophisticated and unnecessary because if you just practice, your brain will get better and you'll simply focus naturally. Well, and it's interesting learning a new language, whatever that language is, if it's a foreign language, if it's a new language of new terminology, if it's learning to be languaging for yourself, that sounds like that's a great way to kind of expand some of the concepts, possibly. Anchoring uh, for a new language, uh, I I think your language centers in your brain handle that um, through uh, repetition and immersion. So the best way to learn a new language is to immerse yourself in uh, the culture that speaks that language. Um, If we're talking about learning languages uh, in high school where we have to practice vocabulary and, and grammar and it's kind of a rote memorization without much actual uh, use of the language, uh, then that really isn't going to be conducive to stimulating the uh, language centers of the brain as much as speaking the language, hearing the language, and being in the language in a kind of an existential se- sense. Yeah, and so, it was very interesting when I was in college. I was taking Norwegian, French at the same time, and when I was learning uh, my notes were actually three languages, English, French, and Norwegian. And so it was, it was I guess that's part of the immersion where it, it actually flows out, even if it's a mixed up, because <laughs> they're all different kinds of language. And, and so you have uh, a, a fairly dense and well-developed language centers in your brain. I flunked uh, German three times to, oh, no. trying to get my PhD, 
And finally, they took pity on me and let me take an advanced statistics course as a language requirement. Uh, So, uh, you know, my language centers, uh, especially my hearing, is not nearly as well developed as yours, I would guess. Well, it's always fun to try a new language. It's, you know, sometimes like uh, the pronunciation, I think, is part of the hearing channel challenge, too, because if you don't hear the, the actual pronunciation correctly, you can be saying all kinds of fun things, but somebody on the other end might think you're not talking in, in a very, not speaking in a very polite way. <laughs> I, I <laughs> so agree with you. It could be misconstrued. It's replete with dangers. <laughs> exactly. It's time for another commercial. Don't go away because when we come back, we'll be talking, talking with Dr. Wyckoff about some common challenges to being able to be focused. We'll see you soon. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Absurd Psychology. Straight answers without all the bull. Hosted by Dr. Gary Bell. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time with Katie Marley. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to b-myte at b-myte.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Be Mighty, Balancing Your Money and Your Time. Dr. Wyckoff, I want to just continue the previous conversation a little bit with one question, and then we can go with some, some challenges to focus. What is the relationship with our ability to focus and imagery um, if let's say somebody's wanting a dream job they don't like where they're at and they want to come up with their dream job they're, if they're focusing on what they want does their ability to imagine the situation enhance the focus or does it make any difference well that's really interesting uh, okay the I think Oprah not so long ago uh, 
promoted a book called The Secret that um, was a strong uh, advocate of creating mental clarity about what you want and then putting it out into the universe and in a metaphysical sense that increases the probability that you will get what you what you want. As a psychologist, I see it a little bit different, although I really like the romance of metaphysics. But generally speaking, the clearer we are about our goals, the uh, easier it will be to focus on the elements in our lives that relate to our goals and to dial down the distractions. And so whether you think it's a metaphysical effect or a simple psychological effect, uh, the first step in success, in my opinion, is to uh, clarify your, your values and your vision and then out of that, develop your strategies and your tactics. Uh, so, uh, focusing on a daily basis on your goals uh, will definitely help you achieve that. Now, there's a flip side to that, and that's people who focus on their fears. And in psychiatry, there's a concept called a... Uh, a wish-fulfilling prophecy where um, there's the belief that we create the things that we fear. And I think that happens the same way. We just uh, focus on the image of the fear and that sensitizes our cingulate gyrus to tune into things that relate to the fear and tune out all the things that are not related to the fear. And, of course, that increases the probability that our fears will come true. So how can we counter the effects of this self-doubt, fear, stress, and um, get more balanced mentally? Well, of course, there's the foundation, which is exercise and uh, nutrition and stress management, um, but then there are specific strategies of becoming aware of your own uh, internal representations of your world. So you're going to have, for each of your uh, senses, your vision, your hearing, etc., you're going to have a map internally of the world that you're living in and the world that you want to be living in. Uh, it is possible to become aware, for example, of self-talk that is self-defeating. Uh, how many of us are hypercritical or self-doubting uh, as a habit? And so, if we have strongly held beliefs that are negative and not supporting our vision and our dreams and our goals, what we have to do is we have to systematically change the habit strength of those negative beliefs by dialing it down and dial up 
the positive beliefs. And one way to do that is a technique called cognitive behavioral therapy, where you actually write down the, um, I call it stinking thinking. Uh, <laughs> I like you, that. Yeah, you, you write down the stinking thinking, and then you give it a coefficient of truth. You say, is this 100% true or 92%? You give it a coefficient of truth. And then underneath it, you list all of the evidence that you can find to the contrary. Oh, that's very intriguing. And then you go back and you ask yourself, now how true do I believe it to be now? And maybe you go from 90 to 70. And over time, you can reprogram your uh, cognitive habits to um, speak well of yourself and be optimistic and be uh, positive and uh, to follow in the footsteps of, of your model to be mighty. So it could so, be a rather funny cartoon if you thought about everybody wearing a headset. They could actually be having fun conversations with themselves or kind of counteracting saying, and then on the flip side, they have this new personality coming out. They could, they could be, everybody could be walking around with this kind of, um, you know, elevated feeling that would just be, be very different than people kind of mushing around saying, oh, I, I don't want to be here. Yeah, that's, that's a good cartoon. The, the cartoon that I use in talking to my patients is that old idea of the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, uh, each speaking into your ear. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, so it's basically um, the process of uh, shouting down the devil and building up the angel until you have a habit of uh, positive beliefs about yourself, other people, the world, and the future. Well, it's also emphasizing, again, the, uh, the reason why in a Be Mighty approach, we've spent a lot of time in the show so on the front end working on the foundation, which is, this is a part of, because it, it seems that that has such a big significance on someone's ability to adjust and be able to go forward. I think the work you're doing is a great public service, and the model that you've developed is very uh, healthy model. And when people uh, incorporate your ideas into their daily life, they're going to have insights about their own behavior and their own emotions that will help them to let go of the negative patterns and develop new positive patterns and actually move towards being mighty. So, you've given us some strategies, which I really like, about getting past the, the limiting beliefs. And I can attest um, to the truth of doing that because that's what I've been doing for the last 25 years. Um, and it really sounds like with what you're saying, it all comes down to choice. Are you going to live, listen to the negative your, your negative thoughts about yourself, the devil on your shoulder, or are you going to choose to listen to the angel and focus on the positive? I think the choice is, is an extremely important psychological construct because choice basically boils down to focus. 
And, uh, you know, you have competing beliefs, you have competing uh, thoughts, you have competing images, you have um, really a uh, cacophony of uh, activity in your brain at any point in time. And what you choose to uh, focus on uh, determines the quality of your life and your future. Uh, in a very real sense. Now, that being said, there a lot of people grow up with a strong belief that they don't have a choice, uh, that their lives are determined by uh, external events, their parents, their economy, the neighborhood, what have you. And we call those people, people who have an external locus of control. Uh, And the first step, if someone has that external locus of control, is to own the responsibility and accountability for the life, to step out of the victim role. We're not the victim of our parents. We're not the victim of our neighborhood. We're not the victim of the economy. We own our own um, uh, our own reality, and through that, we empower ourselves uh, to make the changes and make the choices uh, that are needed to grow the brain that is required for success. So when they step out of that role that I could see being some really big fearful steps too, but in the sense of an attitude and knowing that the choice is theirs and that they can stand on it, how how do you proceed from a, a an entrepreneur wanting to do that and jumping forward and stepping into non-fearful way to become mighty? Well, you know, human beings learn best in relationships. And so doing this alone in the privacy and secrecy of your own mind is probably the hardest way to do it. Uh, In almost every city, there are entrepreneur support groups. There are other entrepreneurs that people can uh, build relationships with and they can uh, create what you could think of as accountability partners. And uh, by doing it in the context of a relationship or multiple relationships, ideally a community, of positive thinking entrepreneurs who are supportive and encouraging and collaborative, not not cutthroat competitive, uh, but they actually want to help others be successful as well as themselves. If you can find such a community in your town, uh, that's a great thing to join and be involved with. Any positive community You may find it in your church or you may find it at your local chamber of commerce or, you know, there are all kinds of places that you can find it. But that camaraderie is out there. Uh, Now, often people need um, a coach or a therapist uh, while they're on the journey building their community. But if you can find the community, that's a great shortcut because you will become, just like in learning a language that we discussed earlier, if you immerse yourself in the culture 
of healthy entrepreneurial activity, uh, you'll get better and better as a result of uh, being immersed in the culture. Well, and we're, also, we're, hang yeah. on, we're about out of time here. Um, so very, very quickly, what is one thing that someone can do each day to improve their mental health? Believe in yourself. I like that. Thank you for joining us today. If any of our listeners have specific questions for you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, they can reach me through my website. Uh, email address is info at drwyckoff.org. That's D-R-W-Y-C-K-O-F-F dot org. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to uh, dialogue with people if they have questions or comments. And basically, we'll put that on our resources page, too. And so it's um, right now, join us next Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Empowerment Channel. We will be talking with Dr. Lorena Chinsato, a naturopathic doctor about daily practices for creating well-being. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining Kmar and D. Lee for Be Mighty, balancing your money and your time. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week. Music